There are people who benefit from the world as it is, and I'm sure they're scared. That's good. Sometimes ideas are scary. When I first read philosophy, I was scared in a way, in the sense that it was changing my mind. What? Uh, nothing. I mean, well, I don't know. What? Why do you? You seem to. Ass- what happens to them? What's the assumption behind your question? What assumptions are you? No, but it's something beyond What do you? What do you assume? They'll have. They have their own countries right now. They have their other people who don't look like me. I assume you're saying who are non-Europeans. They already have their own sovereign states. What's the issue? Are you? Am I talking to preschoolers? You just ask where? Did you literally just ask that? Where there are sovereign countries for non-white people? Are you? You literally don't get out much. I mean. They're already there. They have their own countries. How is this conceivably controversial? It's so bad there that, like, it's, it's impossible for you to... Yeah, wait. In, are you look, white supremacists that you think it's so terrible to live in... I mean, what's... Right, something right. so bad everybody wants to live in We don't think that. that you're, you're asking bad questions. I, ma'am, ma'am, I'm sorry, let's just... You're just not smart enough, sir. Ma'am. Your, your, your question is actually dumb, like it really is, so I'm sorry. I would rather talk to this young woman. And uh, the concept of an ethnostate. Uh, well, I could explain it in two ways. Uh, there are certainly ethnostates that exist right now. Uh, the state of Israel is an obvious one. It is a Jewish state, uh, defined. But you could even say that a state like Poland is effectively an ethnostate, even if it's not an ethnostate in the letter of its constitution, that they understand themselves as a Polish Catholics are here, and they make up the overwhelming you know, majority of the population. There, so the, that is one way of understanding an ethnostate. Um, I have also described an ethnostate in a kind of headier uh, way that, that calls upon Zionism, and that is an ethnostate for the future that would actually be open for all white people. So it would be open for Scotsmen, it would be open for Italians, it would be open for Russians and white Americans. So it would be something similar to Zionism. The Jewish state of Israel is not just a state for those people in the Middle East. It really is a state for all Jews around the world. And, and Jews, many Jews, perhaps most Jews around the world, understand it as such. Um, so that my so there are you know two ways again there there are ethnostates that exist right now in in name or without the name and um, but I have talked about a, a kind of futuristic ideal of an ethnostate for the future that doesn't exist uh, but could be a, a a goal for the future that we can think about um, yes ma'am I th- I think ultimately Charlottesville was good for our movement but that doesn't mean that there weren't bad things that came along the way. Um, obviously, one bad thing is when anyone loses their life at what was pl- a planned to be a peaceful gathering of speeches and, and demonstrations. Uh, we don't want anyone to get hurt, and we certainly don't want anyone to lose their life. That was a bad thing. But a bad th- another bad thing that has been underreported uh, is the patent suppression of free speech by Mayor Mike Siner and perhaps the governor, Terry McAuliffe. Uh, they, uh, they issued a state of emergency order before the event took place, before any violence took place. And then they sent militarized police officers to clear out Lee or Emancipation Park and, in fact, force 
everyone there who was quite peaceful onto Market Street, where they engaged in fisticuffs and all sort of mayhem with Antifa. They did, they did the opposite of their job. They didn't maintain law and order, and they actually inspired chaos. That was a terrible thing. But the fact is, it was, Charlottesville was ultimately a good thing in the sense that um, leaders uh, did nothing wrong. We, we went there to speak, and we were prevented from speaking by a terrible mayor. We learned a lesson. But the, the fact is, there aren't going to be just simple, easy victories. Everything's a struggle. I thought this college tour was going to be easy, that we'd call people up, and I would come and speak to students. Uh, the fact is, it has been difficult. There are roadblocks at every at every place along the way. And the fact that we keep moving forward, that even under oppression, we keep bringing our views to the public and communicating them with people like you, that shows that it was a victory, that that we are persevering. Uh, what was the question? I think the fact that someone might be uncomfortable with someone who who is talking about ideas, that seems to be actually justification for me to be here. You know, the ideal of an academical village, as Thomas Jefferson talked about it, is not a safe space in the sense of a nursery school for young adults. It's not a place that we need to protect other people's feelings. It's actually a place where we need, desperately need, to talk about controversial and, you could say, dangerous ideas. This is the place to do it. This is exactly the place to do it. If we can't do it at public institutions, where can we do it? And the answer to that is the internet, of course. And it, there is a huge amount of discussion going on that, uh, on, on the internet. But this has to enter the real world. We need to engage with people as humans. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Uh, I gave a speech in 2013 in which I described what could be called peaceful ethnic cleansing. I did not call for it. I was describing a historical phenomenon um, that was actually referencing the Paris Peace Conference of 1919, uh, in which the map of Europe was quite literally redrawn, uh, and it was redrawn on the basic uh, basis of uh, uh, self-determination or ethnic determination. And so states that had actually had, had a historical uh, um, precedent but had not existed, like Poland, came into being due to liberal elites, interestingly, who recreated these states and created things like Yugoslavia and some other states that have not gone as well. Within that was peaceful uh, ethnic redistribution. Um, so my point was that these kinds of things are possible. They're, they've been done before, therefore they're possible again. Uh, and my other somewhat more ironic point was that they were actually done at the behest of the liberal elites, um, who will sometimes go in different directions and value other things. You know, the, it's, it, the way you phrase that question, it makes it sound like it's this, it's this terrible thing. But as, as Richard pointed out, it's been done many times in history. And it's, it's also, uh, when, if you recall when, uh, the United States engaged in the, you know, ill, ill thought out war in Iraq, uh, many, many intellectuals were talking about how, well, because you have, you know, Sunni, Shiite, and Kurd, uh, this is never going to work as a state. Iraq should be broken up and there should be three independent states. Now, it didn't end up happening. But it was talked about in a serious fashion because it was understood that these three, these three distinct groups of people simply can't, can't get along. And on top of that, when you talk about, uh, you know, the way it's phrased, oh, it sounds so terrible. And you're talking about, oh, migrations of people and moving people. But people move 
all the time. People are moving in the millions into the United States and into Europe. And these are, these are foreign people that don't know the language, the culture, the customs, and they're causing disruptions, they're causing conflict, and they're causing chaos. So the idea that people moving is like the most horrible thing is very strange. And now people move all the time. Think about it. Think about how readily you accept the idea that somebody must move because they lost their job or because the rent got too high in their neighborhood. Now, these are people moving because of capitalist greed. So what's so horrible about the idea of people moving for a better and more peaceful world? Okay, um, I'm going to, uh, we, we only have about five minutes, so keep the questions brief, and I will keep my answers brief. Uh, who has not asked one? Uh, I'll go around here, so Al, sure. Uh, we've spent roughly $10,000 for the security and rental fees. We've obviously spent more than that in terms of travel and other costs. Um, how much money have we raised in Charlottesville? Um, that, that's private information. It's absolutely right. This is the, this is the free speech, uh, issue of our day. And I am very happy that President Fox has stood behind us and allowed this to go through. And I'm very happy with all of the security professionals and all of the administrators whom I've talked to who have been entirely professional and who understand the necessity of doing this. You cannot say that, oh, we, we all love free speech, right? It's so cool. And then someone says something controversial. I'm like, ooh, that's too expensive. That is, that is, that is the implication of your question, whether you understand that or not. And that demonstrates to you that you basically want people to speak when they say things that are fairly boring. Uh, yes, sir, and then ma'am. Sir? I, I don't know what his motivations are, but the fact is he stood behind us and allowed this to go forward. So I don't really have any major complaints. He can express his opinions. Free country. Ma'am. Uh, I won't make that determination. Um, uh, certainly a lot of security is necessary because we are dealing with a violent... I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I was so critical of George W. Bush. Violent terrorist group known as Antifa. And I do not believe that I am overstating the case by calling them that because they explicitly talk about using violence in order to shut down speech, in order to deplatform people like me and, and all sorts of other people. Uh, so the fact is we're going to have to spe spend money in order to combat these Bad people, the Antifa, and, and uh, thug elements of other groups. Ma'am? I think identity is necessary not just for white people. It's necessary for everyone around the world. And it's, and it's going to come into being due to this experience that we're all living through, which is that of mass immigration and globalization. So it, it is relevant to everyone. Uh, and also, it is an idea that they don't hear uh, in class. I am bringing ideas that are not being taught in this stifling PC academic environment that we all live through, and that is a very good thing. Sir? Uh, no, not you, the person behind you. Sit down. It's Carrie. Carrie? No. Carrie, sit down. Sir? Why don't you, why don't you contact Preston Wigington? Yeah, sir. Uh, I'm actually no longer banned in most European countries. I had a three-year Schengen ban, uh, and I'm still banned in the United Kingdom, and my last name is Spencer. It's a great irony. The fact is, we're going to have to, in a way, liberate Europe. We're going to have to liberate Europe from some of these PC laws and terrible leaders like Angela Merkel and others who are, are, are destroying Europe. Uh, it's, it's an irony. It's a, it's a strange thing, but it, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I already asked a question. Do you got a question? Oh, no, you didn't. Okay, real quick. One minute. 
I was in, invited uh, by my colleague, Daniel Freeberg, and uh, I'm going to give a speech at a conference. It's going to be a lot of fun. Real quick, sir in the back, and then you. you. Uh, yeah, his, historically speaking, yes, absolutely, this is a white country. Um, I could give you a longer uh, answer to that, but I'm going to refrain just simply because of time. One more question, and then I'm going to have to go. Sir, you lucked out. Sorry, I've already talked to you. You sure? Thank you. Uh, uh, maybe that moment was in the womb. Uh, I, I do think that in a way I was born this way. Uh, and But in terms of articulating these thoughts, it was a long evolution over the course of my 20s. Um, I moved from left and right and all sorts of ways in between. I, I, I wish I could get into a personal question like that, but we just don't have time. Uh, thank you all for being here. I, I, really, uh, I really do appreciate all of you. And um, there also is going to be a Q&A session afterwards. Um, I would ask you to allow some students not, not to hog the mic from the students. Uh, yeah. And, but I will also, I'm certainly willing to talk to each and every one of you um, with maybe some exceptions later. Uh, so thank you for coming. I really do appreciate you. Thank you.